0: The Bible is God's word and truth about the world and himself. But did you know that it also contains events, narratives, and epic battles, miracles, and mysteries? Today in our Halloween special, we will be exploring the Stranger Things of the Bible, the things that people tend to steer clear of, the things that make people feel uncomfortable and sometimes terrified. It should also come as no surprise that the Bible is weird in many ways. So strap in tight as we take you on a journey into the Stranger Things of the Bible.
1: There's nine types of angels, Sure. right? In each, in, and in those nine angels, there's three levels of angels. And, they, and the way they look, they describe them. And so it takes a, a peek into the spiritual realm around us.
0: Welcome to the Kingdom Misfits podcast, where we talk about biblical topics and culture through the lens of Scripture. Our goal is to deepen our understanding of God's Word through wrestling with Scripture and renewing our minds. What's up, y'all? October is here. The fall weather and Halloween is upon us. You are tuning in to the Kingdom Misfits podcast, where we engage with everyday people, sharing and encouraging each other to remain steadfast in our faith, community, and love. I'm your host, David. I'm Mike. And I'm a guest, Mike V. Hill. Mike V. Hill, yes. And, and Mike, he's back. He's back. Michael V. Hill. He's
1: Please. back. Yeah, don't forget the el- <laughs> yell. Yeah, Elohim. It's not Mike, it's Michael.
0: <laughs> and in today's episode, Mike is joining us to discuss the strange and supernatural events in the Bible that will blow your mind. Now, I want to talk Appreciate about this that. real quick, guys. So, we're all used to seeing Hollywood flood the theaters with horror movies in the month of October. And we're not here to tell anybody who's listening. Whether or not you should be watching scary movies or going trick-or-treating and all that jazz, each believer must use their God-given discernment to determine what your spirit can handle when it comes to the creepy stuff you allow into your life. Mm, Slay men. Slay men? (laughs) Oh, man. But what what are your thoughts on that? I mean, Christians obviously feel... Um, very polarized when it comes to Halloween because it does have its roots in some pagan uh, practices, right? Some.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not a fully pagan, right? Didn't it start as a? No, it's fully pagan. Is it? Yeah. Okay, because <laughs> yeah, I thought it's all I, pagan. Well, I was I was reading an article that had something to do with uh, Halloween, and uh, it was saying it wasn't really a fully pagan uh, holiday. That it was uh, actually a Christian holiday. That. Uh, people adopted paganism to it. No, it's reverse. Okay, it's reverse. Uh, you can, Michael. I, w- I was on YouTube. What did Jesus about say about that? that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure what
2: Jesus said about it, but I know it started. Uh, I think in Ireland, the druid priests, mm-hmm. and they would uh, do. Um, I think they would make. They would make a uh, human. It would like cannibalistic, and they used uh human fat to. Uh, to make candles, and they would mark a house that they were gonna come back and um, kill the people that were in it, and it was some something to do like that with the ritualistic sacrifices, Dang. cannibalistic. <laughs> okay, I, 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 <laughs> that's that's pretty. That's <laughs> hey. trick or treat.
0: Yeah. Here we go. No, I believe it had its roots in the solstice and where the druids they would uh they would uh do their prayers or whatever the rituals were and they also believe that the there was a veil that would that would unveil the dead and that the dead would come walking that's where you get the whole jack-o'-lantern and and dressing up as as monsters or skeletons or the dead so that way they don't they, they bypass you. Sort of like the uh The
1: Passover. Passover. The Passover. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. You should know that, that. I, cr- should know that. I should know that, right? I'm sorry. We're gonna have to change the name sorry, of this Jesus. podcast. <laughs> My apologies. Yeah, it's like the Passover, right? Right. But I know like sometimes it seems like it's it's black and white with, with some people, right? Like yeah. you got Christians on one side that which I understand. I mean you you hear their perspectives and, and some of their uh their views you know, and, and how spiritual it is. And I was watching this YouTube channel and it was, the guy was talking about how you're dressing up as a, a as something different, you know, it's like a ritual type mm-hmm. of thing where it's like, you're allowing a, that spirit to obtain your body for that day, for that night and celebration and all this other stuff. And which I could see, you know, I I, could, I understand that, but like you said, I mean, it's, it's a hard thing, right? In my opinion, it is a hard thing. I do not know if that is scriptural. But
0: I do believe, like, each person should weigh in your own heart how that impacts your spirit. For me personally, I like scary movies. And, and Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. It really is. I enjoy it. I like the trick-or-treating. And I, I think there's something innate in us, or should I say through evolution, where we see, like, people have handed down scary stories for centuries. Mm-hmm. Now we see it in Hollywood format because we're in the 21st century. Tales of all kinds of spooky, creepy things have been told, or should I say, have been handed down throughout history. Is
1: Why is that? Why have they been handed down? Is There has to be some truth to it, right? The scary stories? Well, sure. I, think,
0: I think there is truth in some of these. I, I mean, th- there's
1: always a little truth in every lie.
2: I could just tell you about stuff I've heard. I, I don't know. It's not scriptural, but... Somehow the witches conjure things somewhere around the around the time of Halloween, and uh, and evil gets pretty rampant. You know when <clears throat> they used to say in the ancient times that the more praise that you gave to the god you served, the more power he had. In other words, they have as much power as you give them. So, I mean, if they all the witches are banding together to conjure up whatever they're conjuring. I feel like you're uh, empowering in them, right? Yeah. I
0: don't want to get too far off course because we didn't want to discuss Halloween. We're here to talk about (laughs) the Stranger Things of the Bible, though that is a fascinating topic. Every Halloween, I like to watch documentaries on Halloween and how McFargo goes back. And yeah, and and to your point, Christians did jack the season. Yeah. (laughs) Like we did Christmas as well, right? Sure, (laughs) we should, right? Yeah, so um, I digress. But I've been dying to do an episode on the Stranger Things of the Bible. And here's something crazy to get us started off with. Is the Bible in and of itself. Our Bible has some crazy history and facts in and of itself. Let me talk about a few of those here that I found on a website that I was looking at as I was doing some research. And I found it on FactRetriever.com. And there's 10 of them that I'm going to cover here real quick. And if you know any Bible facts, please do share. So number one, the Bible is not a single work but a collection of works from a wide variety of authors such as shepherds, kings, farmers, priests, poets, scribes, and fishermen. Authors also include traders, embezzlers, adulterers, murders, and auditors. Number two, according to the author, God killed about 25 million people in the Bible. Satan kills about 60 people, 10 of whom God allowed Satan to kill as part of a bet in the book of Job. Three, the Bible informs the tradition of three major world religions. Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Number four, John Wycliffe produced the first translation of the entire Bible from Latin Vulgate into English. However, after he died, the Catholic Church exhumed and burned his corpse as punishment for the translation work. Number five, William Tyndale produced the first printed edition of the New Testament in English. He was later burned at the stake for his efforts. Number six, Adam's name is from the Hebrew word ah which means the ground number seven the bible is the most commonly stolen book in the world mostly because it is also available in hotel rooms and places of worship number eight the bible is the best-selling book in history hands down with total sales exceeding five billion copies number nine methuselah was the oldest man at 969 years old and that's in genesis 5 um, verse 27 And finally, number 10, the Gutenberg Bible was the first book to be printed using movable metal type. I also believe that we can probably agree that the Bible has got to be one of history's most oldest and most violent books ever written. It contains murder, rape, genocide, people being dismembered, incest, and other crazy, violent and supernatural acts. No other book I've encountered describes the human nature more vividly than the Bible. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, our own <laughs> book, this book that we hold dear to our hearts, and that has influenced so many religions and so many movements
1: throughout history. I just I think that um, how rich the Bible is. You 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 could you could choose to only concentrate on certain things, right? You could concentrate on do. all the all the just the New Testament. Some people just uh, con- a lot of people I know. Um, myself included in, Up until last year Was the first year I, I actually read through uh, Revelations But I know a lot of Christians That stay away from Revelations Because of they're Afraid to read it mm-hmm. um, I sp- I actually spoke to uh, uh, Michael's mother uh, We refer to her as Mama G But um, And we were We had like a A great conversation yesterday We were talking And she, she told me She stood away from Revelations Because She thought when she read it that the things were going to start happening. Oh, you know, wow. You know, like it, mm-hmm. like she thought that her reading and and, and understanding Revelations was going to kickstart Revelations. Mm. One of the things that I've been learning uh, going through the Bible is th- the Bible is as deep as the ocean. How, how far ever you want to go, and the deeper you go, the crazier fish you see, right? The bigger sharks are down there, the see-through stuff, the crazy alien-looking things. All that stuff is the same as it, it reflects what the Bible is too. And, I agree. Um, when you were talking about people being torn to pieces, it reminded me of Jezebel when they threw her from uh, the tower. The tower in those what the dogs or wolves, whatever they were, came and tore her apart. It's graphic, you know. And it's it it some it, you read it and it's like limb they, you hear it. You read exactly what is <laughs> what happened, you know, with her being torn apart. Yeah, you know, and the book is supernatural. It
0: is supernatural. I don't understand how the Bible made it out of the pages of history because it should have been stamped out a long time ago. Think about all the different wars that it's seen, all the different uh, events and situations that happened to the Israelites yeah. and every conqueror who came after. There's been so many movements that have tried to stomp out this book you know, from persecution and, and, and downright just killing Christians that it, it still survived. And that's what makes me believe that this book is supernatural. And today, that's what we're going to talk about. Some supernatural, some strange things that have occurred in the Bible that we want to highlight in this episode.
2: Right, upon um being approached by David, uh, I think through text message and then a couple phone calls about we should talk about some mysterious, the spooky things about the Bible, man. I love yeah. the scholarly parts of the Bible so much, but uh I feel like it has to have some uh spiritual edge onto it, you know. I I really I like this sp- I like the way the spirit moves and so I try not to get so caught up in the scholarly part that that the spirit has no room to move. So um, talking about the uh, spiritual things, one thing that came to my mind was Daniel chapter 5. Uh, it's called the writing on the wall, oftentimes by people who read it. And I think it's even um, header like that in most of your Bibles. It's about a story of a king of Babylon, B- uh, ba- Belshazzar, right? He was... a uh, like a co-regent with his dad, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, He basically was having a great feast. What's crazy about it is the Bible talks about alcohol being there. I think it's somewhere around verse uh, 3, wine, or verse 2, verse 1, I think, talks about them being um, drinking, right? Then it goes on to talk about women being in the feast, his wives and his concubines. Which, if you study the way that the men used to, especially men of power, the way they used to party and get down was men with men. They always, um, not to say that everybody was a little freaky or funky or anything, but <laughs> they just thought that that men were, they were like this, some kind of importance. So they kind I of like men are freaks. <laughs> That's why <laughs> men are freaks. It's downright. <laughs> yeah, they left. They left the women out pretty much until it was uh, time to have orgies and have sex and everything. So what's kind of crazy about that feast that I noticed too was how the women came into play. So first, there's drunkenness, the great feast, and then uh, the women come into play, right? A little sexual immorality, mm-hmm. and then comes flexing of the power, man. So. uh um it's pretty crazy to think about how um there's some kind of rumor about belshazzar making uh having some kind of uh attempts at uh the the king before nebonidus his father um to to get him into power and then Nebuchadnezzar for some reason kind of like went missing off the pages of history nobody knows exactly what happened to him but he ended up trying to serve one god and uh oddly enough his name was sin he was a moon god probably the same god all, uh all the muslims served or whatever right mm-hmm. but he uh he went off and during the time that he, of his disappearance Belshazzar, who was like a co-regent or he was like kind of r- ruling in his in his father's stead he uh he started flexing his power man that uh and they they shortly forgot the lessons that nebuchadnezzar had to learn about humbling right and that in itself is a kind of a crazy story too about nebuchadnezzar it says that yeah. his uh he lost his sanity and then and then he was like somehow he, he couldn't walk upright on his two feet he was reduced to being like a beast of the field I yeah that's what it referred to and it even says that the that the hair grew out of his back like feathers on the, on an eagle Right, <laughs> it's another supernatural event, yeah. And it, I think it even says he grazed on the grass, you know. Yep, but the, but that's a crazy, that's a kind of a crazy story. But that was a humbling, he humbled him, or uh, the Lord had to humble that guy down because uh, it says that he was uh, hanging out in his high hanging gardens one night and thought to himself, Isn't this Babylon the Great that you know, what I have made with my own hands? and." And uh, being an unbeliever and all, the voice of God talked to him, whether it was through his mind or it was just a voice right out of the clouds, you know. Seven times, um, basically over seven years period, he was going to lose his sanity, right? But By a decree of the watchers. That's what it said. They pronounced judgment upon him, man. And he lost his mind and went insane and pretty much lost his kingdom and... Man, all kinds of crazy things went down. That's a humbling experience, <laughs> for sure, for sure. But uh, to find out though um, that his his grandson, right? Because uh, Nebenitus was his daughter's husband, so his grand um, his grandson was uh, flexing basically his strength after he got all liquored up and the orgies happened. He wanted to pull out the uh, the sacred vessels. From the temple, right? That Nebuchadnezzar had uh, taken when they overtook um, Jerusalem. So as he began to take those articles of uh, cups and pans and everything, he, he was pulling them out. And then um, all of a sudden this hand, these fingers on the wall. I think the the, um, the Septuagint says it, the knuckles, the fingers and the knuckles. The Bible doesn't really give us a, a picture of a hand, I mean, it gives us a picture of the hand being there, but fingers. It talks about that would freak me out. I, I, I can Can you imagine their
0: faces sitting there, washing a finger right on the wall? Mm-hmm. And plus, they were already under the influence,
2: right? Like, what did you put in this beer? Right. <laughs> what did you put in this mead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's what's crazy about that whole story is um, the Septuagint talks about it was a whitewashed wall. So it was probably they probably. I mean, you can imagine they have tapestries everywhere. And then they didn't used to so much have pictures of stuff that they hung up. They did all this mosaic stuff into their architecture. Mm-hmm. So, though, so basically it was like the pictures you couldn't really change. You know, they were just all. It was like kind of artwork, artsy uh, all over the place. Mm-hmm. But the Bible seems to say that that there was uh, a whitewashed wall, and there was a lamp shining right next to it, and all of a sudden these fingers appeared, and uh, and the message was. Uh, talking about these weights of money and uh and it went from smaller to greater right and it says that would that that for some reason belshazzar was um looking at the at the fingers writing the message and it says that he crapped himself literally (laughs) and and that is understandable Right, <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't do at that point? Fingers in the middle of nowhere, right? Just all of a sudden, writing on the wall, and uh, psh, man, he lost it. So he uh, he uh, soiled his royal linens. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty freaked out about it, right? He starts calling all the people in, and uh, all the, the the magi and the and the all the all the wise men of the kingdom to give him uh the interpretation of what the message was you know and um and basically what's crazy about that whole event that i thought was odd and i that's why i just kept asking the lord like because i like to definitely study where people have been before i definitely i know there's been thousands of millions of billions of people probably um who've been over that scripture passage before studying it out and i am and I like that the classical interpretations of things, but sometimes I just like, Lord, this was written by you and you're the author, you know, is there any way I could get some kind of little special insight, Lord or something, man? I'm asking you like I'm not trying to bring my own interpretation into it. I'm not trying to uh um be against the grain whatsoever, but i'm but I just know I know I'm not a like the a favorite child of God or anything like that, but I just know. That it's your book, and I mean, how's the best way to find out? You know what an author's meaning was trying to get across when you're reading his own thoughts. You know, you except mean a new that, angle. Yeah, just go straight to the head and ask him, man. Like, what what did you mean when you were writing this? And the hardest, the hardest part that I, I, I came across was usually when judgments were issued to people. It, it took some time, so a lot of times when you read about dreams in the Bible, it was uh, it was warnings, but it was also um, of things that were going to happen in the distant future. You know, it wasn't like something that's going to go down tomorrow. So it's like um, um, Joseph, right? He's being warned about uh, Mary's pregnant. You know, and so it's kind of like it's all these the dreams in the Bible. They're 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 mostly like a, it's like a forewarning. But uh, for this guy, he got a judgment in the in the same night that the judgment came. So <laughs> he got a sni He got a f- maybe an hour before everything, or no, it had to be a few hours because he had to summons everybody to come in right. It's to his like feast. all those
0: things were already in motion as 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 the writing on the wall was occurring. All of those things were in motion because Absolutely. they were attacked afterwards.
2: Yeah, yeah, they they uh, plugged up the Euphrates River to. Uh, to enter Babylon, they thought it was an impenetrable fortress and nobody would ever come in. Well, it turns out somebody shut the water off. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't pay the bill. Yeah, they they downed up the water and came in through the through the through the through the, through the dry ravine in the River Euphrates, man. So, um, and that, don't the kings
0: repre- like uh, King Belshazzar? He represents something that's in us all, and that's that point where we get to being arrogant and that sure. pride part of it. Because cause imagine the audacity he had to go grab the holy objects and defile them, thinking that there was going to be no consequences of that because he was the king or I am the man. Ain't nothing going to happen to me. I can do what I want.
2: Sure. Sure. But if you think about uh, what, what I would like to refer to as not generational curses, but epigenetics, right? okay epigenetics is the genetics that you have the genetic markers you have from your parents and it's always like the the enemy knows which way to come at you because they know the way they came they came at your dad and your mom you know or your grandpa and your great-grandpa they basically know the frequency you you operate in or what temptations um, are able to allure you by what allured them right mm-hmm. how they got them Is most likely the same way they're going to get you because you're coming from, they're coming from the same genetics, right? Cut from the same cloth. Exactly. So, um, I mean, Nebuchadnezzar, that his his greatest downfall was pride. (laughs) He fell. So, I mean, his daughter's offspring, right? That same epigenetic marker is in in the daughter who is in her son. You know, the same frequency was able he was they were able to get him again you know and the devil seems to repackage the same thing did god say right like yeah. over and over again from the garden Right. So uh, it's it, he repackages it over and over again, but he still keeps on getting us. And I've, I just can't help but think he thinks what suckers they are, man. Watch this. I'm going to get him again. Uh-huh. And I have to I have to plug this in there because I love this. This, ha- this is the ultimate
0: statement that I love from God. When he says to King Nebuchadnezzar that he was driven from among men and his mind was made like a, like that of a beast. Mm. And his dwelling was with the wild asses. He was fed grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, and this is the key part here. Until he knew that the most high God rules the kingdom of men and sets over it anyone whom he will. Mm. That's like the ultimate statement. It's like, hey, I rule over all these men and I
2: put I put rulers into the place who I will. Right. But that, I mean, to me, I feel like that that speaks a lot to The generosity of God on wanting men to know His will, right? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, just think—he didn't have to tell, give him that message. He didn't—he didn't have to let him know, "Hey, Nebuchadnezzar, this is me." I mean, he could have just overlooked him completely and just had anything, whatever the watchers decreed upon him. You know, he could have had them just let him do their thing without giving him the message. But I mean, this great—the graciousness of the God we serve man, to just let him know this is the reason why this has happened to you, right? And I'm letting you know because I'm trying to steer you in the right direction. Pagan and all, paganology and the whole nine, right? Just (laughs) get him back. I'm trying to get you in the right direction, man. What a great God. What an awesome God he is, man. I'm I'm overwhelmed by that. So, um, yeah, in the end, I think I'll I'll probably do some closing thoughts on this, but... uh, um, in the end i feel like we find out that um that sacred things need to be kept sacred and uh and when you defile the things of god there's judgment to it for sure there is. and so uh that's the crazy thing the handwriting on the wall man can
0: you explain what the handwriting on the wall meant cuz yeah. that's also a supernatural event that occurred in the bible sure and it has
2: meaning yeah it's pro- it was definitely prophetic uh we mean as far as what was the exact wording yeah, of it from verse 24 through 28? Sure, let's check that out. Verse 24 says this is from the Septuagint. That's the um the Old Testament in Greek. I like reading that because um I re- I read the Hebrew- I read the Ar- well, Aramaic Daniel's Aramaic. But uh I like re- I read the English and Aramaic and now I'm on the Greek, so <laughs> it's going I'm going try- through all the languages. Yeah, I'm trying to get the 8K view of it all, you know. Well, that's where you truly understand the meaning out of. So, yeah, sure. And the, and uh, the Septuagint has a lot of stuff in it that uh, that the Hebrew writers kind of. Well, I mean, it's changed again and again and over time, and some people like ch- changed it up, but um, the Septuagint has kind of a, uh, some rich meaning, and not to say it's not the... A different Bible or anything like that it's just sometimes it has some ampli- amplifying uh, how would I say points to put across it says in uh, verse 24 on account of this from his presence was sent the knuckle of a hand and this writing he arranged and this is the writing being arranged mini mini or mini tico fairies this is the interpretation of the saying mini God measures your kingdom and it is fin and finished it tekel it was set in the yoke of balancing of the yoke of the balancing scale and found lacking Perez it was divided your kingdom and was given to the medes and the persians and belshazzar spoke and they put on daniel purple and the necklace of gold and they put around his neck and uh, they put it around his neck and proclaimed concerning him for him to be a ruler third in the kingdom. And in the same night, this was done away with Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, and Darius to me took the kingdom being years old, 62. So what's kind of crazy is that Daniel got a crazy promotion that night, man, being third of the kingdom. And it <laughs> lasted all of them about an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel was like, you can keep the, this. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> till the final takeover came in, man. And the judgment came to pass in living color. And it makes me wonder, like,
0: how did Daniel sneak out of there? Or did he get slain too? No,
2: no Dan. No, no. Daniel ended up getting uh, thrown in the lions den, man, by those uh, same same people. But that was years later, you know, a few years later. And if you uh, read any apocryphal books, *Bell and the Dragon*, mm-hmm. he did it twice. So I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Once by Darius, once by Cyrus. So. Mm-hmm and hey some of y'all need to dive into the old testament
0: mm. i mean don't just focus on the new testament they're, they're meant they, they support each other they complement each other i know when you read it because it is so bloody because there's so much uh let, let's be honest it's just a violent book but it's mm. so deep and rich and it does give insight into the human nature and god's relationship with us and that common theme throughout the old testament and the new is god tells us he loves us he calls us we rebel he corrects us, we rebel, he corrects us, hmm. so on and so forth throughout history. Hmm. Until this day. <laughs> Matter of fact, we're still experiencing that now. Right? Absolutely. Yesterday for me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Hey, and during this break, we were having an interesting conversation about why does the church stay clear, steer clear from these conversations about like the books of Enoch, some of these apocryphal books, or mm. even the supernatural
1: in the Bible. What are your thoughts on that, guys? I was always told to stay away from the book of Enoch because, uh, like Michael said, they you're adding to the Bible or Um, it's not godly or whatever. Like they said, you know, if you've read that you were, you you were going to lose your salvation basically Mm -hmm. is what, is what people had said. But I think if, if Jesus references the book of Enoch a few times in the Bible, I mean, I mean, that's, that was my, my changing point for me and the reason Mm -hmm. why I, I, I went and got The book of Yahweh. Well, didn't that, it it piques my interest.
0: And we're going to talk about Genesis 6 here in a minute. But as you're reading the Bible, there's these little trails that get left behind. Breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs. That's the word I was looking for. And you're like, where did that come from? Because it never picks up and elaborates on those breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm, Sure. And so I'm reading that. I'm like, well, where do I go find that? And I start, you know, I start Googling it or Mm -hmm. I'll start YouTubing it. And then all of a sudden, all this other literature and all these other videos and information starts popping up and then you start diving into that air, to that realm. Let, let's make it clear though. What we're not saying is that um, all of this stuff should be in the Bible or all these apocryphal books should be there. I believe that the word of God is inspired and what we have in the Bible is what sure. we need. But I don't believe it is the full story of everything. Sure. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: I feel like finding more, there's a, there's a way to watch a 24 inch um, television set with static in it and there's a way to watch uh, the same program in 81 uh, inch 8k you know and i feel like high definition i i feel like the he, the hebrew the greek all that stuff kind of opens everything up and uh i personally don't think that there's anything wrong with in your in my spare time i'm not reading the uh the the satanic bible you know (laughs) i'm reading things that that the that forefathers have before me before my time ever even came thinking was ever thought about they're reading uh there were they were some were reading some were writing the book of jasher the book of jubilees the book of enoch and i'm not saying you should write a sunday sermon of salvation for the thing but i'm just saying if you really desire the word of god with your whole heart and your whole soul why don't you want to hear all the details of the uh, about Jacob or about Abraham or about Esau, right? Or about Noah or about Seth or all these characters in the Bible. And you're like you sometimes you just wonder like what's the backstory to that person, man? And you sometimes you can open some doors and find out what the backstory is, you know? And I mean these are collected with the Essenes and the Dead Sea Scrolls. And um, man, I just think that it's t- it's worth taking a look into. It's not trying to it's not trying to uh, lead you to your own self or power of your own self or or loving your own self. It's ba- basically it's just information, you know. And if a, if you spend any time or hours on Google trying to find stuff out about what why does why does my cat have this lump in their back of their butt or whatever you know <laughs> i mean what's wrong basically that's what you're doing is just finding more information you know right so i'm not trying to say that every that you should that everybody should have the book of enoch tomorrow or anything like that but i mean i'm just saying if you're a little bit more than just the average reader of the bible if you want a little bit if you want to get deeper into stuff, you know, I mean get if you wanna instead if you ever get tired of just scratching the surface, then get into some of these books, man. I mean I, well I, I don't think that there's I don't think there's anything wrong with just finding out more information. You would know it, would
1: it be fair to say that because I, I have some scriptures here on the side, Revelations 12, 4 through 5, Isaiah 14, 13, Ezekiel 28, 17, Genesis 3, 4, uh, Psalms 82, 1. Um, see, these were some of the ones that I pulled aside for this uh recording because those scriptures kind of give you a peek into the spiritual world, absolutely right. And uh, some of them talk about uh the principalities, um, the watchers, Michael had referenced uh, them earlier Mm -hmm. in our discussion, uh, what they were, and then you know the archangels and stuff like that. But and and I'm asking this because I, I still haven't really opened up the book of enoch i haven't read it i haven't done any uh research on it yet okay so i'm asking from a from a novice place is is the book of enoch is it that spiritual is it that uh deep into angels and demons cuz uh-huh. is it fair to say that the book of enoch kind of takes you through the door with that stuff i believe it's ground
0: zero for all that stuff and and it, and it really opens the door into how Certain principalities, spirits, and heavenly
1: hosts enter in the realm and cause a bunch of havoc on mankind. What I did learn too is the fallen angels are not demons. No, and no. the and and angels are obviously the angels, and then the fallen angels, or the fallen angels, and and if I remember correctly, that the demons were a byproduct of the nephilims. Uh, somehow i forget exactly how that that came about well let's
0: just transition into what i wanted to talk about let me let me let me open that door for you and then let's talk okay. about it This is part of the reason why I wanted to do this episode so much is because of the Genesis 6. That's what sent me down this rabbit hole and helped expand my mind on it. And in Genesis 6, for all of you who are listening to, it's basically the wickedness and judgment of man. And I'm going to read this to you. It says, Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, that's a key point right there, Mike, Mm -hmm. and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of his thoughts of his heart was only towards evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Okay? Now, I'm going to contrast that to Enoch chapter 3, where it talks about the, fi- the, the fallen angels. And I'm going to read a couple of verses from chapter 3 of the book of Enoch, and, and it corresponds to Genesis 6. So this is taking that short little part in Genesis 6 where you just, If you're just reading through the Bible and you're not paying attention to it, you would have just read over that. Okay, yeah, there, was, there were sons of God who came and slept with human women mm-hmm. or slept with women. Because you wouldn't really know that it was the Watchers. You were just thinking, oh, who are these sons of God who came in and slept with women and bore children who were like men of renown from the old? And when I read that, I'm thinking like, hold on a second. This kind of, this to me sounds like Greek mythology, first right, of all. Right. And I start thinking of like Hercules and, and sure. all the other Greek uh, Apollo. gods. Apollo, Yeah, Apollo, all of them. Not Apollo
1: Creed, but. But then it passes <laughs> over that and it
0: goes into the flood story. And I'm like, well, hold on a second. There's more there. And that's where the book of Enoch comes in because it takes that part in Genesis 6 and expands it. So let me read this. And then it says, this is chapter 3 in the book of Enoch. And it says, and it came to pass when the children of Enoch men. Enoch 1. Enoch 1, yeah. correct, sorry, the, the <laughs> Chapter 3. Because some Enoch of them are one, kind of a little three. crazy. Right, right. There's, the first books. There's, there's seven cool. books, isn't there? Six or seven books in the Book of Enoch, I think.
2: At, oh. Well, there's at least three different books of Enoch. Right, right, right. But the first one is the one that Where it talks about the fallen angels. Yeah, that's the. That, I feel like that's pretty widely held as a, a crazy person didn't re- a lunatic didn't really write it the the other two is questionable <laughs> right right somebody <laughs> might have been on some mushrooms right yep. now
0: okay so it says and it came to pass when the children of men had multiplied that in those days were born unto them beautiful and comely daughters and the angels the children of the heaven, saw and lusted after them and said to one another come let us choose us wives from among the children of men and beget us children and Sam Samnyaza, I think mm-hmm. that's the name, Samyaza, yeah. who was their leader, said unto them, I fear ye will not indeed agree to do this deed, and I alone shall have to pay the penalty of this great sin. So the leader of the watchers it's sitting there like all the guys are like, hey, let's look at these I beautiful women. I ain't going women. down alone. Yeah, yeah, I ain't going down alone.
1: <laughs> and look at all these women. So they're lusting after all these beautiful women on the earth. That was one of my uh, questions, too, that I had written down when I was reading that under Fallen Angels is uh, Simj- Simjaza. Simjaza. Yeah, yeah. I was like, who is this? like that was one of my questions yeah he was, Enoch, he's he a the leader he's a leader of these 200 rebellion
2: men man came down on mount Hermon. Yep. okay
0: and that's what i'm going to continue to read and then they they answered him and said let us all swear an oath and all bind ourselves by mutual imprecations not to abandon this plan and do this thing then swear they all together and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it and they were in all 200 who Descended in the days of Jared on the summit of Mount Hermon, so that's where we come into the Mount Hermon. And they called it Mount Hermon because they had sworn and bound themselves by mutual implications upon it. So they all swore an oath on it. And this is where it starts to get really crazy. And these are the names of their leaders. And it goes on, I'm not going to read them all because I can't even pronounce them. Sure. But there were several leaders in all who, uh, who, 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 where the book of Enoch states and talks about who were these were the chiefs of tens of the 200. Mm-hmm. Here's where it gets really crazy. And this part really got me. And it says, and all the others together with them took unto themselves wives and each chose for himself one. And they began to go into them and defile themselves with the women, the daughters of men. And they taught them charms and enchantments and the cutting of roots and made them acquainted with plants. And they became pregnant and they bare great giants whose height was 3000 L's who consumed all of the acquisitions of men. And when men could, go, could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. Mm. Okay? So we're looking at an event that happened in Genesis 6, and it expands on that. And there's still some other stuff where it gets even more gory. But these angels, watchers, who were in charge of watching over humankind, God put them in place. God assigned them a duty to watch over men. And they're sitting there. They're up in heaven, and they're looking down, and they're like, man, these chicks are hot down here. <laughs> these are some good-looking women. And they lusted after them. So then they decide to go down, and they, and they mate. They have sexual relationships with these women that bore giants. And it talks about, was it 3,000 Ls? Uh-huh. That's pretty
2: tall. I don't know what an owl is. <laughs> Michael probably does. But somebody should look, at... <laughs> no, <laughs> look no, it up. No, right. I know inches and centimeters and uh, <laughs> millimeters. I don't know if I ever went. Someone into says the Someone says as tall as oak
0: trees is what I've heard. Sure. In yeah, I mean, I mean, you can go Google it. But these were big men. So this wasn't just like a guy
1: who's like six three. So this, if I, if I'm, if I'm reading into this correctly, when these giants, half angels, half humans, die that's when the birth of demons come right because if i if i remember the the d- demons are a byproduct of the nephilim well
0: uh, the giants are the nephilim Yeah. so, yeah. so the giants so are the nephilim
2: they're the offspring of mankind with the uh, heaven heavenly kind so they're the the heavenly kind of uh your your sons of god are
1: are Somehow, or it's our brothers, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but when they die, their yeah. their spirit is the is are the demons, right? Because I know, and I didn't put it down here. I apologize. Yeah, I, I heard that oh, too. I've I've
0: read that somewhere in somewhere and and heard it in in the, in the YouTubes and yeah, watching yeah, different yeah. videos and doing research.
2: On yeah, it. it's all in, it's all in the Book of Enoch, but it talks about the uh, the unclean spirits. It's the, when, when the giants died in the flood, it's their their spirits. And 10% of them were um, left behind to roam the earth. And the 90% of them are basically locked up, getting ready to be unleashed in these end times. Yeah. Underneath that river that's
1: drying up. Yeah. <laughs> right? There's yeah. some of those fools coming out. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so these giants or Nephilim were the offspring of the Watchers, or better known as Fallen Angels, um, the sons of God, the watchers, who were the angels in charge of watching over humans, observed how the daughters of men were beautiful and began to lust over them. Then you got Semyaza, who was the leader. You know, he was in charge and left his heavenly duties, made a pact with the rest of these angels, and they decided to come to earth, and their goal was to sleep with women and, and produce this offspring. Mm. And then and, and it gets even crazier than that, because the book of Enoch says, they began to sin against humans, birds and beasts, reptiles, Fish and going as far as to devour one another's flesh, drinking each other's blood. So they were cannibalistic. If, if, you, if you start researching this, because we, we don't even have enough time on this podcast to go, in, to go <laughs> off the deep end and into the rabbit hole, think about that. These fallen angels, these Nephilim, started messing with genetics. Yes. And, and, and so, therefore, because of their tampering with humankind, you know, that pissed God off. And I believe that's the reason why God brought the flood. And not only that, here's something that's really gonna blow your mind. And I'm gonna read this out of, uh, it was in verse 11. This, is, this goes back to my point where I was saying, where did we learn all of this stuff? And it talks about in verse 11, it says, and Azazel taught men to make swords and knives and shields and breastplates and made known to them the metals of the earth and the art of woodworking and bracelets and ornaments and the use of adamony. I don't know what that is and the beautifying of the eyelids and all kinds of costly stones and all coloring tinctures. And there arose much godlessness, and they committed fornication, and they were led astray and became corrupt in all their ways. Simnyaza taught enchantments and root cutting. Armeros, the resolving of enchantments, Uh, I can't even say this name, Barikujal, taught astrology, uh, Kokobel, um, the constellation, Ezekiel, the knowledge of the clouds, um, Erequil, the signs of the earth Shamzael, the signs of the Sun and surreal the course of the moon
2: mm.
0: astrology enchantments root-cutting and I started thinking pharmacopoeia mm-hmm. like where do we get these medicines and, and in terms of some of these drugs too like, have you ever heard of ayahuasca?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's, it's something that uh, I think a lot of indigenous tribes use to go on, like, a spiritual journey. Yeah. Sure.
2: And it's how from Ecuador. That's, like, Central America, huh? Yeah. Like Peru.
0: But how would you know to go find that root, cut it up, and, and 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 do and go through the process it. to drink it,
2: mm-hmm.
0: without being taught that. I mean, I can't imagine that man for two thousand years or you know
2: tens of thousands of years were sitting like a Rastafarian. Do we drink, <laughs> it? <laughs> do we drink <laughs> it? Do we drink? Do we eat it? Do well, we smoke right? it? Right? <laughs> and the whole boy over here <laughs> Stay eats away it and, and he dies.
0: Another one over here trips balls. Another one over here does something else. And and you're just like, well, somebody came and taught us these things, these enchantments, how to how to blend and heal from the roots. I'm not going to say that it's all bad what they taught humankind mm. but you could see that though all those things plant seeds of of what leads to sin think about it uh, azazel teaching men how to make swords and knives and shields that just leveled up our our, our ability to kill each other in war mm-hmm. and then of course the enchantments and ornaments and, and beautifying of the eyelids that's women wearing makeup and and causes men to lust after them. right? Yeah, you know, just kind of the beautifying. So it's always a not, seduction, yeah, it's seduction. seduction. And yeah. we're not going to say, okay, well, don't put on makeup. That's not what we're here to say. Yeah, we don't want to see these, that. These angels, <laughs> <laughs> right? Don't kill Mike. Don't, 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 don't come saying, after Mike for that one. Don't ban us. <laughs> don't cancel <laughs> us. No. But um, but but they taught men, mankind all these different things. And, and therefore, it led to great sin in the world, but it also led to great healing. It also led to, to
1: innovation. And, it, and it, to me, it seems like it pushed man forward, too. Sure, in a sense, but it also deterred what God's plan was for us from the very beginning, right? Cause True. All that. But one thing I did want to go back to uh, when you brought up Noah, it, this is something that I learned doing some of this research was... When when God searched the earth and found Noah to be pure, it, um, it wasn't saying that he was without sin. It wasn't saying that he was holy, mm-hmm. right? From what some of the research was saying, and Mike can correct me on this, uh, Michael, <laughs> um but <laughs> mike, do i know the go- research he's reading <laughs> maybe a lot of research <laughs>
2: mike but, t
0: says michael v is is like our encyclopedia <laughs> biblical encyclopedia over here walking
1: knowledge right uh but it, it was saying that his family was the only family without the uh nephilim nephilim genes in it right the, or the angel genes he, or right the Fallen angels
2: in in uh, in other words if you if the these sons of God that were watching humankind from I guess uh, from the upstairs came down to get the uh, I guess the on the field view right nobody likes the nosebleed seats unless you just don't have any money at all and someone blessed you <laughs> but <laughs> but if you could if you could be on the fifty yard line versus uh, being way up in the nosebleeds you know I mean why wouldn't you want to do that and I feel like that's what they wanted. But in the end, so the earth is belong to Adam, you know how I know God took the dust of the earth and he formed Adam And, and then he blew into him the Ruah, right? The breath of life into Adam. And so Adam had rightful dominion of the earth. Right, these angelic beings, we know that they existed according to what Job says. That the, you know, when the, the sons of God they were happy, right? When God was creating the earth, when he was create, So they were around pre-earth. These guys seen that Adam had dominion over the earth. And the proper way to get dominion from the earth is to be from the earth, right? The earth is if you have a right to it. They wanted to rule in the earth, according to Enoch, right? They they made a deal with the daughters of Cain. The daughters of Cain, the the he went to the to the line of Cain because they were already tainted. Their epigenetics, they were already tainted. They did, they didn't really like doing things by the rules, so mm-hmm. they were like doing things their own way. So they went to those guys first and um, made deals for their daughters to marry their daughters and what was the end goal of marrying their daughters to have offspring from the earth right even though they couldn't rule they didn't have a right to rule earth from the heavens but in hopes that their seed would be from part from the earth history tells us that those those giants were kings right like uh og of Nimrod. bashan yeah they're, those giants they were they ended up being kings because they dominated they were they were they were just massive size against them right they had part heavenly and part earthly so like hercules so in the end it's a great big game of thrones they were trying to have who who they were trying to play who could rule the earth and mm-hmm. who who had right to the earth so they went through Cain's line and the reason i know that is uh if you read genesis chapter 4 there's the line of cain and then there's the line of seth in verse 4:19, it says, "Then Lamech took for himself two wives. The name of one was Ada. The name of the other one was Zila. Ad- Ada bore Jab- uh, Jabal, who was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was um, Jubal, and he was the father of those who play the harp and flute. And as for Zila," She bore Tubal Cain, an instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron. And the sister of Tubal Cain was Nama. And Lamech said to his wives, uh, uh, Lamech's talking about that he had two wives, so he uh, he was corrupted. But for some reason, these this line of Cain—they're naming their offspring and all this like knowledge that they had. They had all this crazy wisdom, and it doesn't say anything about Seth's line having that. All of a sudden. And here's another thing that in Genesis 4, you see the, the names of the women being named in the Bible, right? Yes. You know why? There's something peculiar about why they're being named because they usually did genealogies off the men's names. So at this is the point in time when these watchers get ready to show up, right, in Genesis chapter 6. And all this knowledge is going around. And you see in the book of Enoch, they taught us that kind of stuff. Yeah. But they taught it fascinating. Yeah. They taught it to us so we could so they could rule the earth through their kids. They wanted to rule mankind through their children instead of just being up in the nosebleeds. They wanted to be fifty yard liners and even coach the game. Yeah. basically
0: and then let, let's talk about this when when i was reading this and i've heard people tell me well the, the old testament is so vile god is telling the nation of israel to go in and wipe out women and children and nations nope. and you're thinking like wow is that that's cruel of god but why hmm. and you look at when joshua and caleb went to look in and they saw the, the land of giants
2: hmm. and there's
0: all these giants the offspring or the continuation of the nephilim survived all right. And so it's not just God saying these people are they're, they're they're just pagans and they worship other gods. It's that there was some you know there were they were they they had corrupted blood, corrupted genetics, and not only that, they were evil. The things that they did, and so when you when you look at things in context, it makes more sense. Sure. Hopefully, I'm elaborating that. I don't I don't want to say like oh this is justified, yeah. but there's a reason God did what He did. Because there was a purpose for that. And that's why I said, go in and conquer these lands.
2: Right. And take it back from us. Take back from these Nephilim and these giants. Right. And if you read, if, you, uh, if you're if you new to reading the Old Testament, um, it does say the Amorites, the Ammonites. All the ites. Yeah. Those, those guys had something crazy going on because it was utter annihilation. Once you get to there, you burn their cities, you kill them, you kill their livestock, anything to do anything that they touched man has to be destroyed yeah wipe them out so but it's not because god just all of a sudden just thought you know what i somebody pissed me off and that somebody didn't pay their tithe this week and there's the great great grandpa and it's <laughs> his descendants and so you know what now it's time to pay no nah, it's nothing like it's that nothing man like that. it's uh it's about genetic corruption in the in the bloodlines and that's why it's so important that the lord sent his own son born of a man it says born or born of a woman basically Mm -hmm. born of flesh right put on flesh right so he's an earthly person he's born of the dust but yet he's from heaven so he's the ultimate bridge like the watchers that try to produce of their own kind in order to rule jesus is from heaven But he came and clothed himself in flesh, and he took the process of being born of a woman, of a virgin, Mm -hmm. so he could have a throne on earth even though he's from heaven so he's r- able to rightly rule heaven and earth because he's from both yeah. right hmm. he's his seed is from both places so he has the gene- he has the genetics from both places and he has the rule from both places and he has the throne from both places and he has the authority from both places amen <laughs>
0: And you see, God had that plan. It's like God thwarted their plans. Right. And and you see it. So when you're reading the Old and the New Testament, God has this plan. And you get to see it all unfold. Just like Michael says, you see the Bible in 3D. Right. Don't look at it as just two-dimensional. When you start start putting all these pieces together, it comes in 3D. And to me, that's more amazing. That's better than any horror flick. The Bible, come on, read the Bible. It's better than any horror flick. It's better than any murder mystery. Sure, it, it contains all of that. Is there any other stories that you guys can think of that you would like to share about the supernatural or the horror stories from the Bible?
1: For me, that <clears throat> one of the ones uh, is when Elisha when he gets taken up in the fire, sure. right? Uh, like yeah, Elijah, you yeah. see that, and then I'll also too when when Jesus took uh, uh, Peter and Paul. Uh, uh, what who uh, Peter, was it? Peter and John and Peter James. Peter and John and James, his brother. Yep takes him up to the mountain and he to Mount Hermon? No. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we to Mount Hermon. yeah, to Mount yeah, Hermon. The transfiguration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he transfigures in front of them and they said that his hair turns white and his his face was as bright as the sun or whatever mm-hmm. and stuff like that and and so for me um and then uh Moses and Elijah come down from heaven mm. and and stand with him and then I think it's uh at peter right he's like oh let me build all these places so we could just chill sure. up here doing all that and they're like no this is just a prefix of what's to come right yeah and, sure and, and so i've i've kind of uh been this it's kind of been descri- uh told to me that that's kind of like a a pre uh stuff that is to come it is right yeah and, and there's the, also a significance. significance yeah a it, picture of what's picture. to come sure. or, when, uh, when jesus comes but why
0: did he do that at mount mount herman why did he go and transfigure at Mount Hermon? See there's there's yeah, more the, to it. The the that ties, that ties into what we've been that, talking. Exactly. Yeah,
2: that's the ground zero of the uh seed war. Of the incursion. Yeah. they say they say the Nephilim incursion.
0: The mm-hmm. seed war. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly, because uh because the suppose the 200 watchers that came down came down on Mount Hermon. It's also the place where uh Peter First made the declaration it was at Caesarea Philippi at, on Mount Hermon right mm-hmm. on this rock i will build, build my, my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it right at Mount Hermon which happened to be a place where there was so many pagan altars that was like a and there was a huge hole in the mountain they call it the gateway to hell yeah so, literally he meant that literally yeah so it's kind of crazy to think about he took him back to to the to Mount Hermon to let him to basically the ground was defiled from the watchers he uh, made made it holy again, right? Yep. Ground Zero is now holy the, of the Seed War. He he came to undo what the enemy came to to uh, pervert. How powerful is it. that? Churches
0: don't talk about this stuff, mm. and I don't know why. Well, actually, I kind of have an idea because I think that's they're just skirt. weird. <laughs> yeah, they're scared because oh, you're talking about angels coming down, sure. sleeping with women and producing giants. Now I will say this because we got I got to throw this in there. Giants have been recorded in every culture throughout history, mm. so it's not like we're just making this stuff up. They found giant skeletons. What
2: about the NFL?
0: <laughs> There's some giants in the NFL too. <laughs> New York York basketball football giants. Yeah. No, look at basketball. Mao, y- what's his name? Uh, Yao Ming. Yao Ming. Come on, dude is really tall. Seven. Yeah, I mean, seven, seven, seven. So it's That's not like too hard to imagine somebody yeah. being ten foot tall, like a Goliath. You see what I'm saying? Sure. And and they also say, and we're not going to dive into to more crazy stuff, but it's also, uh, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory or not, but they say that every time giant skeletons are found, the, the Smithsonian shows up and takes those. Hmm. So they're all supposedly buried in these museums because that would throw off the narrative. Uh, you know, it, it actually add to the claims of the Bible that there were giants in those days and, and it, it support all of this stuff, which creation. You know, yeah. And they call this there's a theme for it, they call it the Nephilim agenda. So they don't want this to be out there because that would ruin everything that would that would give more credence to the word of God and the Bible. And the world does not want that, because remember, this is
1: Satan's domain or the Shatan. Yeah, we're the we're the away team. Uh, and also, a crazy thing to to think about that's in the Bible is uh the UFO, UFOs, right? The mm. spinning the spinning wheel in the yeah. air. Like I mean there's in everything Isaiah? in there. Is that Isaiah or Ezekiel? Ezekiel. Ezekiel, Ezekiel. Ezekiel
2: one, I think Don't what, even what get does started? it say? At the wheel within the wheel, are you talking about those? Yeah, with all the
1: eyes. Well, No, that's an angel. Oh, wait, was that on the chariot?
2: Or was it like yeah, it's almost yeah. like a chariot? It was like the wheels, fire? the wheels of God, yeah,
1: yeah, in, in the sky. And that's what, uh, that's what the what he saw and, and recorded, you know, something flying in the air. Yeah, I, I mean, this the, the word of God, it goes deep, you it know, it goes deep. And I mean, let's let, let's talk about angels real quick, sure.
0: I mean, I you know, if, if when you talk about angels, you think about the the chubby little baby with wings on it, the cherubim. <laughs> That's <and> a pagan. <laughs> the more you look into it, and you look at the biblically accurate descriptions of angels, they're terrifying.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. there's one that has four faces, right? Yeah, uh, a human face, a lion face, an eagle face, and uh, something else. And then there's the one, there the wheels that spins Ox. within the wheels, mm-hmm. uh, with all eyes around it. There's the one with. Uh, that has uh, six wings, two to cover the feet, two to cover the face, and two to fly with, or something mm-hmm. like that. And like, there's all these. If you ever want to get weirded out, uh, Google. The biblically image. accurate Bi- angels. Yeah, yeah. angels are and read it too for yourself because it's described in the Bible what they look like. Yeah, sure,
2: they're horrifying. Yeah, it seems like only the throne guardians are the ones with wings, yeah. every the rest of them kind of just take appearance like us. What does
0: it say every time somebody meets an angel in the Bible? It says, Do not be afraid, right Because yeah. <laughs> if you see one, you're gonna be freaking out, like,
2: Oh no, <laughs> yeah, what the hell are you, <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, guys, I'd like to personally thank you both for having this conversation. This is a conversation I always wanted to have on a podcast. Sure. Uh, I know
1: we, we just scratched the surface. There's so yeah. much more
0: to talk about.
1: And I hope people uh, take this info and, and start digging deeper for themselves. I love what Michael does. He he, he takes the, the 8K. It's not 4K. It's yeah, 8K. 8K, 8K view of the Bible. So I, I, I hope you guys are encouraged to do that. Yeah, and then... We we want to tie this up because we want this to have some meaning, and Mike has something that
0: he wants to state before we close out.
2: Absolutely, just to get back to the last question David asked: Why doesn't the, why aren't we hearing this kind of thing from pulpits? Well, a lot of people don't really, um, how would I say this, uh, without offending anybody? Just offend them. Well, I mean, I've you've got, got to speak the truth. I feel I feel like a lot of a lot of pastors only teach what they've been taught, you know? And so they're it's like the secondary knowledge, right? So they're they're just so they have some one teacher that they're I guess um, holding high and everything that that one teacher knows, they're not going to know more than them because they're just grasping off of their knowledge, so to speak, right? But I, I would say this, I mean, challenge challenge yourself to go above what others around you are, are listening to, what other others around you are programmed into, because you'll find so much, there's so much content, and then in this information age, man, it's everywhere. But a lot of pastors would argue that Genesis 6 was really men who were demonic po- demonically possessed and then they were having sex with women and it wasn't really angels and the book of Enoch's a lie and it's really not scripture so i even listened to that it's I would, not canonical yeah not they refer to it. yeah and then they and then uh a lot of this kind of stuff um they say that how could an angel have sex with a woman it, because like they have different types of bodies right so i would say in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 39, it says all flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish and another birds. So leading into that, it talks about seeds. It talks about the body, but someone will say, how are the dead not raised up? And, and with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that the body should, that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps, wheat or some other grain. But God gives it its body as He pleases, to each one a seed of its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another flesh of fish, another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is the other, mm. right? So there's Another glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, right? But in the end, he was—he's talking about that everything has a seed of its own kind inside of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, how are men are able or women able to have sex with angels? Um, according to what I'm reading here in 1 Corinthians verse fifteen thirty-eight, God gave it a seed, so basically it, it's able to somehow reproduce, right? Terrestrial, celestial, um, fleshly. Grains, all kinds of stuff, man. So I would I, I I just say this that the Jews believed it was that the um, the sons of God were angels, angelic beings from another world, extraterrestrials. And if they believe that and the whole scriptures were sent down to them, I don't understand why we would believe some yeah, theologian in a seminary. You
0: know, there, there's so there's so many references to angels in the Bible. Why would you not believe that?
2: Yeah. And and
0: what we are not saying to do is, we're not saying, go spend all your time studying angels and demons. And sure. this is not a salvation issue conversation we're having here. We're talking about extra biblical texts and how they can expand your understanding of what's going on in the Bible. We want to get the bird's eye view. Well, this also plays into it. The Bible is supernatural. Sure. You believe in miracles. People pray for healings. You're praying for a miracle, and and of itself, a miracle is supernatural. Sure. Mm. Let me keep going. Let's go. <laughs> get <laughs> get mean, weird with the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> and it's okay. I mean, and and just uh, you know, as Gel was talking about in our in our last podcast, she was talking about Jesus freaks. Mm-hmm. You know what? Yes, we are, and it's okay.
1: Mm.
0: It's okay for us to be that. You know, just by confessing that you are a Christ follower, a Christian, you have to accept. The supernatural, along
2: with the natural, there's right. no way to separate those two. Mm-hmm. They're woven into each other, right? Yep, yep. So going back to defilement, um, the first story I talked about was uh, about um, Belshazzar was um, bringing out those uh, those, I guess, trophies in his own mind about uh, the victories that the Babylonians had over the people, right? And to most everybody in that time. um, So the Babylonians basically were paired up with the Assyrians, and they ended up defeating the Assyrians. But the very city that they lived in is uh, most likely built by the Assyrians. The Assyrians, what does that have to do with anything? Well, there was a prophet named Jonah, which is another supernatural miracle, was swallowed by a big fish, and he wandered into a city with the the stomach juices and everything. Whatever his he must have looked like he had a bad case of alopecia, I man. Bet you he stunk <laughs> <laughs> when he went into that city. But the crazy thing is that he preached revival to that city, the city of, or city of Nineveh, right, which was an Assyrian city. The Assyrians um, or the Babylonians defeated the Assyrians. God caused a big old revival to happen in Nineveh, and so everybody knew that the baddest. God on the planet was served by Judah and the Israelites, right? By the mm-hmm. Hebrew people. It, it's almost like trying to be a sla- put a slap in the face of the greatest God, man, by pulling out all his instruments and everything that they were using in the temple, right? To it's like spitting uh, on somebody's face. Yeah. They were they were, so basically they were coming to defile what was God's holy articles, right? And so defilement is that's basically in the end of what I, uh, the story I was reading. Whenever you begin to defile something, you better watch out, man, because um, you're bringing judgment on yourself, right? And the angels defiled themselves according to what Jude says, man. They lusted after strange flesh. And for that reason, there was a penalty, right? And so they're in darkness, chained up in darkness. You know what that means to me? That they're, they're not able to be... Subjected to light, right? So they're, they're, So is it so much that they're, there's a metal chain around them, or is it just that they can't see light anymore? You know, mm-hmm. they're bound in darkness, right? So, I mean, because of defilement. So think about defiling yourself, believer. If you are the temple of the living God, think about what it means. And if, if Paul would tell the Corinthian church in in uh, First Corinthians, uh, chapter three and chapter six, about us being building blocks and being consecrated, and we're housing the spirit of the living God inside of ourselves. When we defile ourselves with drugs, with alcohol, so sometimes with evil thinking, roots of bitterness, right, with sexual immorality, with any type of impurity, right, we are defiling what God has made holy. Beware, just beware of the defilement, because everybody who defiled things in the Bible, man, it was a bad it was a bad ending for them. Samson was an instrument of the most high God, man. And it says the Spirit of God would come on in, he'd grab a lion and rip that sucker in half, man, barehanded. Kill a thousand guys with a, with the jawbone of anything he found on the ground. And still, when he defiled himself with Philistine women, right? He, God, took took so much away from him. His own eyes took away his power, took away a lot from him. Mm-hmm. So I just would like to say, guys, uh, just beware of defiling yourself, man. Keep it holy, man, and keep it 100 from this time and forevermore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You defile, yeah. you'll be chewing cut. Uh-huh. <laughs> just put it that way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and close out. Everybody have a happy Halloween. Uh, Stay safe out there. I do want to add two things in real quick. First off, I just want to say... Uh, congratulations to Pastor Bo and Past or Mama T is what we call it. Yes, her. Um, Pastor shout Bo's out. wife. Uh, today, shout out. Actually, today they are celebrating 25 Five years, years of, ministry. of ministry of leading the church. I mean, they've been in ministry for almost 50 years, is what, sure. is what they shared today. But they they are a big part of why Michael's uh, here, why yes. I'm here, why my wife uh, became a praying wife. Uh, they're a big part of. of Thousands of people of why, and I and I told somebody there uh, drive church yeah drive church shout out <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're uh pastor Bo and, and Mama T is the their reason why a third of people are in heaven, uh, and that's what I say they they they're just an example of love, and uh, I absolutely am uh, blessed that there are our, our pastors and and I love them very much, so I just want to congratulate them on that 25 year mark of being the head and i also want to give a birthday shout out to my son uh isaiah he'll be 24 uh on monday young man happy birthday to isaiah i just want to say happy birthday son i love you Happy birthday i'm so proud of the young man that he's becoming can almost
0: save money on your car insurance yeah
1: (laughs) one more year (laughs) so happy birthday son i love you all right
0: well that concludes our episode of talking about the stranger things of the bible And again, open the book, read the Bible, and also get around some praying people and some godly
2: people like Pastor Bo and Mama T. Mm. With that being said, I'm David. I'm Mike. And I'm Michael V. Trying to advise you to let the Word of God be living, active, and powerful, and let it walk in your Nikes today. Amen. And God bless. (laughs) Peace.